My guest today is the homie Jesus J. Flo Flores. Jesus is an author. He co-authored the book, This Fool, Seven Lessons for Burrows and Bag Chasers. He's a podcaster. You can find his podcast on YouTube, Drippy Fawcett Media. So just search that on YouTube and you'll definitely find it. He's also an educator. That's where I actually met Jesus. We both were in the same teacher program as we were both um, getting ready to become teachers. And Jesus is just one of those individuals that has a passion for life, a love for growth, um, not only self-growth, but growth as a community. And his passion really comes out in everything he does. And he's just one of those friends that after every conversation you leave feeling a little more inspired. And I hope that's how you feel when you leave or when you finish listening to this podcast today. This is the Dodd Pod. This is the Dodd Pod with Derek Dodson. With Derek Dodson. Hey, Jesus, thanks for hopping on the pod, my boy. Dude, it's a... Man, I fucking... I love doing this shit, bro. Honestly, like, real talk. Uh, just expressing myself. Just just getting to know you deeper. And, 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 and having a platform, bro. Having a platform to just share, like, who you are. What you're thinking about. Whether it's, like, crazy thoughts or... Or, yeah. or some just honest, genuine conversations, bro. That whoever listens to... Or whoever has the opportunity to listen to these conversations, I think there's always something to gain, you know, from an open and honest conversation, especially like in our contemporary society where we shield ourselves, right? Like, we're like, nah, like, I don't want to be vulnerable because if I'm vulnerable, I'm exposing myself and, and I'm weakening myself. So, dude, fuck yeah. Thank you so much. Like, oh, of course. Hey, that's super true about vulnerability. Not a lot of people are willing to be vulnerable. And I think that's why podcasts are getting so popular because there are people who are willing to be vulnerable and we're all thirsty for those those conversations. <laughs> thirsty. Hey, but to, I know thirsty, but to be honest, you, you inspired me to hop on this podcast because it had been something that I'd been wanting to do. And then I see you over there, um, you know, Drippy Faucet Media, you know, dropping pods weekly on YouTube, consistent. And I was like, he's getting it. I need to get it, man. And then, and it had been something on my mind. I just had been procrastinating. So I was finally like, okay, let's roll. And then I hopped on your podcast for an episode. And then I kind of pushed me a little further. Like, okay, let's do this. This is a lot of fun. So thanks for uh, inspiring me. And on top of that, you're an author, a teacher. Sheesh. Yeah. I mean, fuck man. I think, I think I really do think that the world is what you make it, you know, like, uh, Nas, whoever the fuck said it, right? Like the world is our is our oyster, but it takes a certain level of like commitment to that idea and perseverance and discipline. Because I didn't really get to be this like creative force until maybe like a year ago or two years ago. Um and I've always been kind of like a like a wild personality thinker being, but as far as like believing in my creative abilities, that's something recent. And I, I can't necessarily tell you how that came to be, but I think I think there was it was because of support from another creative homie. Where like we're chilling, bro. We're both teachers, right? We're teaching at ACPA. It's a school in Watts, right next to uh, Jordan 
in the Jordan Downs, if any of you guys are familiar with that place. But, like, dude, we, we just started vibing, bro. We started vibing on some, like, cool, like, street, intellectual, like, anti-colonial shit. And, uh, and little by little, man, we started developing a friendship. But it was, like, a genuine friendship. And I didn't know how difficult it was going to be to be able to create, like, friendships, like, actual real friendships. You know, because, like, when you're a professional... Like as a as a teacher, put your professional hat on, and you yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I've never been good at that either. <laughs> you know, same here, same here. <laughs> like I show up and I'm kind of myself, and dude, I've gotten in so much trouble over the course of like my years as a like post graduation from college. Cause like here here's this fucking fucking stoner, right? Like trying to figure out life and doing things, and sometimes I would say things that were not either politically correct or or maybe not as empathetic as as I could be. And so eventually, you know, I found my peoples and the cool thing about that school, bro, is that everyone was very like open-minded, everyone was very like socially conscious, aware. You know, it was really like um it was like if you think about like a revolutionary school space, not not, not I'm not even talking about the kids, right? Cuz that's a whole nother level of work that's required but as like adults bro like we were all kind of like on the same tip so i was able to have like a lot of cool friendships fast forward some of those didn't necessarily last why because like ego issues Mm. it's 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 kind of like the this the thing right that kind of ruins a lot of like relationships uh, but at the end of the day, you know, going back to SGN, that's the guy that I wrote the book with, man. Also, oh, he's SGN is your your former uh, colleague. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I, is is SGN the one that that inspired you to um, hop on the podcast, hop on your creative endeavors? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Well, shout out SGN, man. Oh man, that's my that's my boy, man. That's the power of friendship, right? Yes, and that's what I was trying Real to say. Real friendship, you know, inspires growth and. That's like always been something super important to me, and that's one thing that attracted me to you. Um, when we were in um, Laco. Our, t- our Laco, our teacher program, we'd always kick and have these fun, interesting yeah. conversations. We're both open minded. We're not yeah. getting our feelings hurt. We're sure. willing to hear different perspectives. And for me personally, I'm hungry for knowledge. I'm I'm always trying to hear something new and consider it, digest it, and maybe instantly I don't necessarily fully get it. But I keep sitting on it, and then maybe a week later, I'm like, oh, that's what he's saying. You know, so mm. I'm still continuing to digest information from, like, conversations I have with friends even in the past, you know? Yeah, 100%, bro. And in, in, in to your point, like, you know, as human beings, I really believe that we're, like, super social animals. Super social animals. Like, whether, whether it's about getting on your creative tip or... Or having the, the the will and the power and the energy to maybe get out of a depressive episode or an anxious episode or whatever it is that sometimes, like, they're very negative moments in life. Friendships, like, real, genuine friendships, like, people who actually, like, care more than just, like, how can I use this person? Like, that's, that's I think, that's my number one thing at this time at this time frame in my life is like now there's also some people who are really good at pretending 
like they're just fucking great at like they'll play the every card possible and you get fooled but i'm willing to take that risk because out of out of most of those situations i think most people are going to be genuine like you know like we can feel vibes and shit right like isn't that crazy how you can feel someone's energy <laughs> and feel like if they're genuine or or full of trash you know yeah what is it, the gut or the heart? Like, what do you think? I think they're connected. For sure. Um, but that but gut, they're still separate, though. Yeah, yeah. Right? That gut instinct. You first get that gut instinct, and then your gut kind of tells you. It, this gut instinct is something that I've been playing with this past year. Because so often when when I ignore it, or you know what's interesting? When if, if I found myself lying about something. My my gut tells me that I'm lying. My gut tells me this is not a good feeling. Why you know? But if you bypass that and you keep doing it, you end up paying for it in some way. And then you always look back like I should have listened to my gut. And I think that's something that humans we humans don't do enough is listen to our bodies, listen to our emotions that arise, and all of those things because those are signals for us. Those are teachers for us. But a lot of times our egos or our minds overpowers that. And we go with those thoughts instead of what we're feeling, if that makes sense. It's, oh, it's holy insane. shit, that's, that's pretty fucking good. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, if we were to say we have three tools, right? The mind, the heart, and the gut. Like, I think they all have the, their place in society. Or, or some people even break it down even deeper, right? By breaking it down into, like, the six different chakras or six or seven. I'm not too sure. And they all have a different, like, role. In fact, there's a motherfucker that was connecting these different chakras to different uh, planetary systems, right? And these different planetary systems being different gods. And so, I'm going everywhere right now, but I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. (laughs) No, I love it. We'll come back. We'll come back. So, you know, um, the modern modern god, right? The the um, Judeo-Christian god that is pretty much the most contemporary in America and the Western Hemisphere is, uh, comes from, it derives from, like, Jupiter, um, and, and, and Jupiter is also connected to like the gut, right? So the gut is also what makes you feel hunger, right? So we're kind of, we're, we're, um, praising and, uh, following a God that is always hungry for something, whatever it is. And so what I learned from, from that conversation was that if we only follow that God or that gut or that way of thinking, we're constantly walking in a path that we're always going to be hungry for something versus understanding that if we take a more holistic approach to our healing, to our expression, to our praise for, you know, the supernatural or the metaphysical or whatever, um, we might have more balance in life. So, you know, just kind of going back to your initial point about like the gut, like I, 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 I do know exactly what you're talking about like lying and and feeling like shit because it's like when you eat something like mcdonald's or something like you feel like shit yeah and i'm i'm equating lies to mcdonald's it's not good for the soul it's not good for your partner it's not good for your parents your sons your daughters your students whatever wherever you are like lying is like the opposite of loving one another you know what I mean? And it's not even loving yourself. 
Say it again. I said I feel like lying isn't even loving yourself either because mm. you're not really honoring your own truth. You're you're like hiding that. from something or avoiding something that that you don't want to want to face. Yeah, I mean, imagine that, bro. Imagine not even trusting yourself to be able to speak your truth. And now maybe some people are like, well, my truth is telling motherfuckers lies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just like, damn, you kind of got me there. But now let's look at it. Like we, I always say this, like you can look at yourself in the mirror and we do. And sometimes I really love what I see. And sometimes I really don't. But it doesn't have to do with the physical. Sometimes it does have to do with the physical. But mainly like if I've been acting aggressive or mean-spirited i can see that i can see that in myself and in that reflection i'm like nah dude i'm trying like i'm literally trying to be a better man so i end up telling myself like who are you you're lying to yourself again i you lie to yourself you don't feel good about it so it does give an opportunity to reflect and possibly, you know, create an action an action plan to be like, well, what can I do to stop being such a fucking liar? I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of things, right? No, what can you do to stop being a liar? You know, I think I'm going to bring this back to mindfulness. Mindfulness, you know me. Mm. I, I'm all about mindfulness and stuff. Sure. Um, to stop being a, a, a liar, I think you really just have to be in tune with your thoughts because sometimes we lie or when we lie, we're not fully aware of what we're about to commit ourselves to doing. Like sometimes we are, sometimes we know we're going to go home and lie to our parents, but there's other times when we're in the moment and they might ask you a tough question that maybe you're not mm -hmm. ready to answer honestly, yeah. or you're not, you haven't fully digested and you just spit out a lie. So um, I think, in a way, in some forms, mindfulness can, can help you with that. Um, and when I say mindfulness, I'm just really saying being aware of all the chatter in your mind. Because okay. the chatter in our mind, we have a lot of uh, negative thoughts, thoughts that are counterproductive to ourselves. But we also have positive thoughts. So, like, it's important to be in tune with those so you know which thoughts you want to empower. Um, and, like, for me... Sometimes, like, lies, it'll be even the smallest lies. And you're like, why am I even lying about that? You know what I mean? So, like, that's a pattern that, that I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, a, I'm, like, for me, I don't lie often anymore. Um, I've never really, you know, some people Keyword lie. anymore. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, of course. I still do it at times. Everyone does. But <clears throat> I, I'd attribute that to just being more in tune with it. So that, because like you said, I also want to try to be a, a better person that that's a goal i'm reflective mm. and one thing that i learned is that lying doesn't serve me in any way um so i really tune into that so when i am about to lie i'll notice those quality of thoughts that are popping up and i'm like nah like i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give those power i'm gonna just tell the truth and it always feels better to tell the truth but then there's the interesting times where like Sometimes the truth hurts people, you know, mm. like, you know, those those lies where Facts. you're like maybe about appearance or whatever it is. Like you, you don't want to be rude or hurtful. Like sometimes it feels like people aren't yes, ready for the yes. truth. So that's where honesty is kind of tricky. <sighs> yeah. So sometimes, you know, some of my elders have told me, like, you can uh, you can decorate the truth. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay. like, hey, baby, how do I look in this dress? <laughs> oh, baby, you look like you, you, you know, it's like, you, you, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, baby, do I look fat in this dress? Uh, no, baby, you look like great or whatever. Like, I mean, it's like you do. I mean, yeah. Maybe I'm telling you that you look great for another reason. Maybe not necessarily for the way that tight dress looks on you or whatever, right? But the the point is, is like, there's a time and place for like hardcore honesty. Yeah, you know, like I, if if I'm gonna like hurt your feelings about something, but it's not like constructive, I think it's okay to not. Just fucking just tank someone's <laughs> dreams. Yeah, 100%. But now, like, let's say you're, like, you're really, like, asking me, and you're, like, yo, dude, like, let's say you're, like, our age, and you've been trying to be an artist for, like, the past 10 years or something, and maybe your your art really is not the best art or whatever, and you're, like, hey, bro, like, please, like, I want you to be the real homie and tell me the truth. Like, I'm going to be, like, look, bro, I think you should continue doing art as an artist, but do, do I think you have a possibility of like making it? Maybe not. But I would also be honest, extra honest, and be like, "Yo, that's just my limited perception." Like, dude, there the, there's about almost eight billion people in the world. Who the fuck knows? I think there's a a market for everything these days. Yeah. So whether I like what you do or not, why don't you just do what you love to do for your own, for your own like self purpose. And like, <clears throat> I don't want to say about the, about the, about the lies, right? Like lies do serve a purpose. But I think what you were talking about was like lies don't serve a purpose. Uh, don't serve your higher self. Right. Cause like if we're trying to operate at like higher, uh, frequencies, like it, it requires us to be in a constant state of self-reflection and and that requires a heavy level of honesty, right? In a plethora of different ways in life. So, you know, but then again, you know, like I, I think I was sort of contra- contradicting myself a bit because like earlier I just said like, it's okay to lie in a certain But I see time. what you're saying. I, I think when it comes to lying like when you told the the example of you know your girl in the dress or even with your boy that's been doing art for 10 years and maybe you don't see it going in, in a certain place like both um when you're lying to your, your girl in that situation if you're lying i think it comes down to intentions i think intentions also hold some power behind lies like sometimes your intentions behind a lie is to protect yourself in some way Sometimes your intentions are, you know, um, maybe you want to honor someone else and you know that the truth isn't going to serve that person. Uh, But then it gets confusing. It's like, well, who are you to say is not going to serve them? You know what I mean? So that's where it gets confusing. But I feel like intention plays a place, especially in those Mm. those kind of lies. Yes, because when we talk about intentions, you know, we're talking about something that's very subjective. Yeah. The subjectivity of this topic is is overwhelming. To the point where it, it makes things very unclear. So I think again, we we do gotta we gotta find that balance, right, of all of our systems and our bodies, and realize like some people are more sensitive. Yep. Some people have thicker skin. I think I can be more honest with thicker skin people than highly sensitive people. Yeah. And so, in general, in general, because I am a very, like, honest, 
person. A lot of my friends, almost like 99% of my friends are like very thick skinned people. You know, where where we're, we've constantly kind of went in on each other to the point where, like, it doesn't really offend us. I think that's real. I think that go, going back to real friendship, I think that's important to be able to do that with your friends. If you can't be completely mm. honest with your friends, then I don't know. That's, are they real friends? Yeah. Are they real friends? Mm. And um, just to go back to balance, I, I really like I like how you put that. Like, you need to balance. Like, we talked about a gut instinct. Like, some people... Um, navigate life fully through their mind. Some navigate it fully through mm-hmm. their heart. And right, right. like you said, none none of those options of navigating them fully through your heart or fully through your mind is going to be completely successful or, right. or, or great. You know, like that fine tune where you can be rational, you can be emotional, you can follow your gut, all of those things. So I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I really yeah, I think I I think I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm like I'm very emotional. I, I, like I'm a big big feeler. Uh, that does mean that I am like so again like I am sensitive, but my brain will kick in real quick and be like no 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 keep you in check a little bit. Yeah yeah like oh that kind of hurt me, but oh but he's right or she's right. And it's it's taking me it's taking me a long a lot more time. I think I think I think actually my <clears throat> my ex girlfriend used to call me out on this, and she would say, "When when males critique you, you take it better than when uh, women critique you." Mm. And then I was like, "Oh fuck," you know, like that's probably some internalized sexism, you know, that that I'm working through. Um, and and I think at first I wanted to reject it and I'm just like, you're fucking lying to me right now. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I'm always fucking listening to you and like taking your advice and shit on all these different <laughs> things. But I think she did have a point, you know, at the end of the day where it was like, it also depended on who, which man, you know, which woman. Cause like, if, like if you're a 60 year old cat, a guy, and you've been through the game, You've been through all these hoops and fi- and, and 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 fire many many times over. It's like I I respect what you've gone through, but if you're like a twenty year old like young woman or young guy, I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna listen to you, but you might be full of shit. Yeah, that's true. There's some credibility behind it, and when we're listening to people, we don't. Do you think there is? Do you think there's something to being able to listen to all people? Like regardless of age and stuff, do you think that limits you in some ways? Like if you if a twenty year old um, approaches you and and tells you something and you're like you're twenty, bro, I'm I'm thirty. What what do you know? Because the reason I ask that is because this year teaching, I've come across some freshmen that are super wise for I think for fourteen year olds, and I'm just like wow, I was nowhere near that at fourteen. So if you're like this at 14, what are you going to be like when you're 20 if you keep on, right, on this right. path? You know, that's just interesting to me how people develop different, differently as far as maturity and and wisdom. I'm like, where, where is that wisdom coming from right now? Yeah, no, I mean, in general, I do agree with the idea that everyone has something to add to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's totally possible that, I mean, these 14-year-olds have, have are, are young men in their own in their own walk due to the fact that they've had to live the life of a man that that maybe they've they've had to live you know the the life of a man where it's like it's expedited their own process in this acquisition of of wisdom so without a doubt bro i think old people 
have something to teach me. I think a 10-year-old has something to teach me. I mean, it's really all about perspective, bro. And then in their own unique ways, right? Like a 10-year-old might teach you something Mm. in the most simple way. You know, you might learn about something. You might learn a profound lesson just by watching them. Versus you might talk to that 60-year-old and he might tell you he's had he has a a plethora of life experience for and sure. they can they can share that that's yeah that's true no dude and uh, this is why i love children man because i think they're one of the most unabashedly joyful human beings on the planet where they are who they are unapologetically because they're still less infected by the world's chaotic uh, messy um, ideas that that end up pretty much like programming us to hate ourselves, you know. And it's like this this outer hatred, um, inner hatred that is a, it's a disease to the mind, to the soul, and and to the spirit of the community, you know. Which is like we look we look at our at our country, we look at our we look at our cities and. How often do we express genuine care and joy at each other as we're walking through the streets? You know, like most often we kind of just tuck our chins and keep it pushing. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying we all got to be all kumbaya and shit. But what I am saying is like, imagine living in a place where we don't get grossed out by someone being caring to us. In fact, I mean, I've heard that like places like texas people are like really like nice and shit i've never been there like that but i would love to like not have to leave like like there is these people that like leave the mess right and i'm not i don't i'm not saying nothing about sellouts or anything like that but what i'm saying is like i love the idea uh I, i entertain the idea of healing my community you know, and I know I'm not gonna heal it by myself. I don't. I know it's it's not like a project that I I'm like I'm not the egoic individual that's saying I'm gonna change this, but I I want to put that energy out into the universe and and just be like I I want to love people freely so that that multiplies, right? Like if we're gonna claim that love is the greatest force in the universe, then it shall because hate spreads, bro. Hate spreads like this, right? Let's so let, let's let's look at everything going on. <sighs> Again, nobody's perfect, no system's perfect. Uh, but li- like just one example. Um, on one side, I know that I, I know that cops are. There's a lot of cops that are really, really, really dumb, and they do really, really dumb things. But then they do one dumb thing, and then all of a sudden we're gonna hate all cops, you know. Yeah. And this is kind of like now we've spread this ideological possession that's taking power over a huge group of people. That now when we see cops, like we're like, oh fuck that pig or whatever, right? I think some of that is justifiable without a doubt. And then on the other side, it's like, well, what if, what if like I could switch that? What what if I could like flip that and like be like, we're all worthy of love. It, even regardless of what our past have been like. And so, you know, that's just kind of like an, an idea that, that I've been playing with. And uh, like last week, bro, I was selling my book at the Pomona Art Walk. I recommend it, you know, take take your lady out there, walk Check around. Oh, dude, it's a beautiful, beautiful space. So, so this shit was so fucking inspiring to me, bro, because 
it was like uh, like probably like a couple blocks of like a bunch of cool ass vendors of pretty much everything creative right or non-creative but food books uh candles art apples plants you know the whole the whole yeah. nine miles and we were in front of the homie spot which is called vital pomona and i just want to tell you bro the whole the whole night was all love just straight up love which means that everyone is vibrating with this soulful interaction where i i'm i'm here to expand uh, knowledge consciousness love you know the the higher uh, uh virtuous uh, you know ideals that 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 humanity can represent and i was like bro i want to do this in huntington park cuz our our cities they're too they're very rugged and and rightfully so but it's like it's kind of like this i mean it's just hood but why not mix that with love outward love you yeah, know why can't the hood have love exactly it, you know the hood is just yeah economic circumstances and things of that but at the end of the day all individuals are capable of love and and love can do powerful things you know love is behind generosity love is behind true community and i know you said like you can't save the world and and you, you know you're not egotistical in that way and thinking you can do that but you are spreading love you are spreading what you want in your in your circle and the people you interact with and what i think is so cool about that is there's i guarantee you there's people that you've interacted with that maybe not continuously maybe for a day maybe for a week or maybe continuously continued interacting with other people with more love because of the love you showed them or the appreciation you showed them and really love can be as simple as just your honest attention listening like you don't have to say anything crazy or anything like that just you truly being there and listening to people um, makes a huge difference and that's something I learned through teaching is people just want to be listened to people want to be heard and and it, it can change someone's life completely. Dude, I, I love that idea of, like, making it accessible to everybody. And, dude, I think, like, listening is... So, are, are you familiar with, like, like circles? Like, you know, like, healing circles and shit like that? Um, Are you talking about, like, Socratic circles? Or, or mm. like, in schools or a little different than that? A little different. Okay. Little, a little different. Or are you talking about the music at the beach? I'm I'm thinking of all the circles, all the circles in my mind. I'm thinking of Mac Miller album. I'm thinking of all the circles. <laughs> well, a, cir a circle represents the same thing, right? Like the idea that life regenerates itself. Like there's life and then there's death, right? Like mm -hmm. that's really oh, like circle the of life. circle of life. Yep. And so in this circle, this healing circles, like basically speak people speak their truth, but you must also listen. So if you're going to speak from the heart, you got to listen from the heart. You know, earlier we were talking about the gut. Now we're talking about the heart. And this is, we need that more in, in, in our society. And I think that is love. Yeah, it so, is love. So I, I want people like either listening to this or, or just people in my community to be more open to to listening. Like, okay, like I get it. I get it, guys. We're all trying to become fucking billionaires or whatever the fuck. And 
And so we're rushing, bro. We're rushing. Like, there's this fucking biological clock to make children, to get married, and all this, to make your money. But I think what makes things more worth living are, again, like these, like these genuine interactions where it's like, I'm listening to you because I genuinely give a fuck. Yeah. Versus I'm listening to you because I want to make a buck. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's one of those simple things that we can do as a society to kind of like push forward in that way we're like we're becoming more we're becoming more enlightened. And that's where I see infinite potential in schools mm. because no one is really taught how to listen. Like you can teach people how to listen. Some people genuinely don't know how to listen um because maybe when they're listening to someone you know, all these thoughts are running through their head or they're thinking about what they have to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listened to this great uh, podcast. Her name's uh, Tara Brock, I, I believe is her name. But she was talking about um, listening. And one of the things she talked about with good listeners is they're, they're good inner listeners. So mm-hmm. when you're talking to someone and they say something, you're also paying attention to your reactions or your responses that are arising as you talk to them. Like, for example... Sometimes maybe you're having a conversation um, with your mom and there's something that she says that always triggers you a bit. And then you get very reactive and then you explode and then later you end up regretting and that just interrupts and disrupts the whole conversation versus listening to how you're reacting. Because when you listen to how you react to people or listening to those emotions or thoughts that arise when someone says something, it also teaches you a little bit about yourself. Um, you, if that makes sense. So like when, when I'm listening to people, one, I, I, I try to kind of just set an intention of I'm here, I'm here with you right now. So anything else that uh, I'm, I'm not focused on, I'm not focused on what I'm going to do next. I'm not thinking about what I had to do earlier. I'm going to try my best and set this intention that I'm just going to listen to you. And then second thing I'm going to do is as I'm listening to you, if I have some reactive responses inside for whatever reason, I'm going to pay attention to those. And maybe there's some that I want to share and that might um, contribute to our conversation. Others, you know, might hurt the conversation. And um, another just kind of mindful tip when you're talking is that the breath is such a great anchor um, for anything. Like she, she talks about like a few anchors that you can have when you have a conversation. It might be like feeling your hands, like not like rubbing them together, but like feeling the energy in your hands as you're talking. Um, it might be just having, um, being noticing your breath a little bit, like you're going in and out of your nose to kind of anchor you back in. Mm-hmm. And so I started trying to do that. And when I have conversations like that with my wife, it, it's a big difference. Sometimes I don't even have to say anything. And after she like, oh, we had a great conversation. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think like schools can play such a big part in helping us to become better listeners, helping us. And when we talked about love in order to love, you really have to love yourself. Um, if you don't love yourself, if you don't accept yourself, you can't genuinely love anyone else. Yeah, and like some you might think like some people oh they're so loving, but sometimes those people are hurting the most and they're just trying to please everyone because when they do good things or when they do that or that, they feel worth or something, if that makes sense. Um, so I think like I think school, and this is why I think this is why I want mindfulness to come to schools. So mm. I, I'm currently 
trying to get a mindfulness elective class at, at, at my high school. That's going to be hard, bro. Because I want... I no, want like hard, like cool. Nah, yeah. And I, 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 I want students for the listeners. to be in, in tuned for, with with their thoughts, with their emotions, learn how to think. We don't even... Sorry to go on this tangent. No, no, no. It's, it's but shit. we don't even teach students how to think or how to focus. Like In schools, mm. they, we are always bringing in these new strategies. Oh, here's a new engagement strategy. Um, well, hey our students just don't know how to focus. They don't have the attention span to focus because as you said, we have so much going on in society that our minds here, there, there, everyone, including adults. But when you can cultivate a focus, you can improve your ability to focus and you do that. So um, this example came to my mind. So a magnifying glass, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say the sun is your focus and then we have a magnifying glass if you hold the magnifying glass in one spot and then you keep moving it around Mm -hmm. you're not going to see the effects of that of that magnifying glass Mm. but if you hold it on one spot that's where the true power comes from because you're focusing all your energy there versus your energy being scattered in all these different places and that's what i see with my students and i can't even be mad at them for it like some students get frustrated they don't care this and that i'm like no they just no one taught them how to think so we can't expect them to, and they and they're the guinea pigs of cell phones and social media. <laughs> facts, facts, dude. I, you just dropped so many, so many, so many gems, man. And honestly, like when you're giving that example, it's like, yo, dude, I'm I'm just like those kids, you know. And I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. Like I have a lot of likes, I have a lot of passions. I I'm very curious about life, and so uh, I do ha- I do like I. That's why that that metaphor hit very close to home because it's like if i if i can't focus a hundred percent into something or put a lot of focus into something how can i expect to really gain the most out of out of that thing you know so damn like for sure like i can i can personally say how much that has had a role and an impact in my own life you know, the lack of being able to focus on one thing, one idea, one person, whatever the situation is. It's like it's a true challenge, man. So, you know, be if you're if you're capable of being able to teach those skills, you know, to our children, that is uh, going to be a huge it's going to produce a huge rippling impact. Right. Because. Again, going back to that idea of like, how do I heal my community? I think that's that's a step in the right direction, right? It's like, if I heal myself and I have an interaction with someone who's also healed and we start building together, now we have a possibility of, of expanding that healingness, right? Yes. And then it just carts, it just spreads, man. And it's like, I don't know who's winning right now in society, whether it's the disease or the healing, <laughs> but all I know is that we're gonna go hard, you know, um, from here until the end, until we can't know more. And and like about the anchoring, bro, like, bang, that's also fucking heavy. Uh, no pun intended, but it's like that was a nice pun, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're right. We can get easily distracted because, and that's why this is why I'm a huge fan of podcasts, you know, and. And I actually got this idea from list, listening to the Lex Friedman podcast. I, I'm not sure if you've tapped yeah, in. Yeah, I've tapped into that. Dude, I fuck with the guy heavy. Big heart. Yeah. That, that's what I... Big brain, big heart. Yeah, both. It very. It's a very interesting combination. 
it's a combination that I think is 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 greatly underrated, uh, even in his podcast because it's like usually I'm sure you've met re- brilliant people that are like fucking assholes, and it's like all right, fuck you then, buddy. But <laughs> right, but he said something in his podcast about podcasting. And it was basically that it gives us an excuse, like you were saying earlier, too, to just fucking say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's focus 100%, really be in the moment. And it's a fucking powerful healing effect, bro. I've maybe that's why I'm still doing my podcasting, bro. I'm, I'm two years deep. And two I, years. Hey, respect <laughs> for that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, two years. That's man. discipline right there. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, do you think it it gives you fuel? Like, how, how do you feel? Like, tell me how you feel after a podcast. Do you feel any differently after after you complete a podcast, or does it depend on the conversations? Because I haven't done nearly as many podcasts as you. Um, but after some of my podcasts, I just feel kind of energized. Sometimes I feel inspired because like we said, everyone has so much to offer. And when you really just sit down to take the time to talk and really listen, you, you gain something from that. Yeah. After, after my podcast, bro, I, I, I tend to feel a little taste of, to, I mean, I'm, it's probably gonna sound like bullshit, but like a little taste of the universe where it's like everyone has a different, uh, a, everyone has like a different universe in their mind, different way of looking at life, different way of expressing themselves, dislikes, likes, etc. So when you put these two universes next to each other uh, and to have like genuine conversations, it's 100% healing, bro. It's literally therapy, right? So uh, have you ever had therapy, like therapists? No, I haven't. I have. And I always come out feeling better. And, and the reason why I come out feeling better is because I literally just dropped some, um, you know, like imagine, imagine having a backpack and like our emotional trauma is in there. Some of us walk around with really, really heavy backpacks. So that, all, what does that do? It causes us to be fatigued. Like a lot of people wonder why they can't do shit. And I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way. I mean, like literally like I'm too tired to do anything and it's, Probably part of partly because we're carrying around all this weight, childhood trauma, teenage trauma, college trauma, whatever the fuck trauma. Right. Like we have all this like pain. So I'm walking around. Of course, I'm going to react negatively to people. I'm fucking tired. Right. I'm upset. Life fucking sucks. And you're seeing through that lens because that's living in you. So everything you see is connected to that trauma. Exactly. So what do we need to do? We need to go to therapy. We need to have podcasts. We need to go to healing circles. We need to work out. Yeah. And little by little doing this podcast, I take out a pebble out of that fucking backpack. Right. Yeah. So. You know, I'm fucking like 55, 56 episodes deep into my podcast. Those are 50 plus pebbles that I've been able to take out of my backpack. And so now, now I get to walk around society with a lighter backpack. That's which, beautiful. Which means I, I get to be more loving to people and I get to express myself more freer. You were talking earlier, you're like, hey, long hair, don't care, right? And 
And part of the reason why I decided to like grow out my hair is like I have a couple reasons, but one of those is like it is it really truly is symbolic for like um, the stage of my life where I want to I want to embrace freedom, you know, like freedom of self, social freedom, economic freedom. What's freedom of self to you? I know that's a, a heavy, <laughs> a lot. It's not a simple answer. I no, I mean, it's not for sure. For sure. I mean, it's a beautiful question, man. And and I think about these questions often and it always stuns me. It always stuns me because the, the depth of this question is profound. So freedom of self for me in its most basic format is like it's going to be a little cliche, but cliches are often true. Um, like being apologetically myself in as many spaces as possible. You know, it's funny that, that I bring this up because, you know, um, this Friday we, SGN and I, we have like this, this, this presentation that we're doing for college students, uh, UCSB Hermanos Unidos, which is dope, man. Like I'm, I'm telling you, man, like our, our life is really kind of like shaping up little by little in, in the direction where we want to go, you know, as like creators, like speakers, like, you know, like this is dope. Like I love having an opportunity to like inspire a little homie. So we're going to have a presentation about um, operating. Like part of the conversation is about operating within a professional space, right? Because a lot of them are like sophomores, juniors, seniors, they're, they're going to transition. So we got to, we, we're looking for practical ways our, our our other conversation with the CSUN guys and girls was about your purpose, right? Sick ass conversation, dude. They loved it. They were all inspired, but awesome. but but we were like, yo, man, we got to keep creating more lessons, right? Like we can't just give the same one forever because we're gonna stunt ourselves. So this one's gonna be about operating within a space, and again, like going because it's connected to to you know being my authentic self. So we're like, okay, if we're gonna give these guys like some real game, it's like. We want you to get a foot in the door first. Like, you can't just pull up and be fucking churro the burro, right? Like, if you're a G, you might fuck around and not get a job if you pull up acting like a G. Yeah. So camouflage a little bit. You got to be able to code switch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's real. It's part of the game, you know? It really is. It really is. But it's a very important thing, too. Right, because if I am fully about being myself, why the fuck do I have to change up for your asshole ass? Because you know what I'm saying. Like, and then the question is, if I have to change myself up, is this truly for me? Sometimes that question comes to my mind too. But then I'll counter that, and I'll be like, "Well, I have to start somewhere. Mm. You know, I can't just start at at, at SpaceX or or whatever that dream places you want to be." So, so that's that's where it's interesting. Yeah, because. Unfortunately, people do judge you based off of how you sound, how you look, and and it's it's basic, bro. Yeah, it's fucking basic. I'm I don't do that. You know, I, I don't give a fuck what you look like, what you sound like. Let's see what the contents of your soul and your character are, and your mind. Right? That's where the juicy shit is really at. But again, freedom of self for me is really being unapologetically myself. However, have I ever had to alter myself to get myself uh, into certain places? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do I feel any sort of like shame for it? Maybe not too much. Maybe just a little bit because it's like 
I want to be 100% myself, but I know that I know that myself 100% of the time is not going to be fitting for fucking being a high school teacher. Yeah. They're just going to be like, <laughs> yeah. sir, Mr. Flores, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you watch your language, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, so man, it's, it's a great question, man, but I, I'm going to have to go ahead and just say, like, being myself. And, and I know that being myself oftentimes. But, see, I'm, I'm going to tell you another thing. Like, now when I hang out with people, let's say um, – someone's caught my eye or whatever and it's like a mutual thing like i'm pulling up 100 percent myself that's awesome yeah that, that's when it's hard to do like i remember you're talk dating you know going yeah. after girls and that, mm-hmm. that stuff you feel like you have to fit a certain role or something and the funny thing is you know nothing about this girl you just put in your head that this is what she wants <laughs> right well, i'm gonna i'm gonna act like this right and it never works out or rarely unless like mm. you're good looking you're a handsome fellow then mm. and and it's feel you know the feelings mutual then then you can get away with that right but then uh, you slowly unveil your your real self your real self which then ends up causing even more turmoil because it's like Oh, like you don't open the door for me anymore or whatever, right? <laughs> so so the point again is like, yo, I need people to love me 100% whether it's just straight up friendship, romantic, platonic, whatever for me. You know, like I'm not dude, I swear bro, one of the, I went on a date with one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life. The whole day I was just like, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of this woman. And I I peacocked zero percent, you know. Yeah. And and <clears throat> I was talking to like one of my therapists about a year ago, because after like my breakup, you know, shit was very it was tough, dude. Yeah. It's fucking hard, bro. Like I was I was reading some poetry, bro, in my notebook that I actually wrote from that time, and yeah, I was talking about I wrote it in Spanish, but I was basically like saying about how like even the the skies and the clouds were bleeding. You know? Yeah, you're feeling that pain. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and w- when I was speaking to to my therapist, like he he basically I forgot exactly what I was gonna say with that. But hold on, let me kind of try to take a couple of steps back. You're talking about the beautiful girl, and then you went off to um, your girlfriend, and when you guys broke up. Yeah, I I I, I could recall that. Regardless, okay. I'll just go back to the to the to the beautiful woman. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> no, You're it's going okay. Somewhere nice with that. Yeah, though. it's alright, man. I, I can't always be. 100% hey, on, I'll, I'll jump on. in on there though. Uh, go ahead, as bro. far as a poet, like one thing that that I think is awesome of you is like being open about you know going to therapy, about writing poetry, because most dudes will be like, "Oh, poetry is this and that," you know, like <laughs> they're gonna hate on it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people do it for a reason there's beauty in it like when you can truly appreciate it or when you're truly in pain you can feel that and i i I can relate to that because i had a i had um i was dating this girl i like i I had not had a lot of experience uh, like with no no real girlfriends or anything Mm -hmm. like that and i i felt hard for this this one girl Mm -hmm. and then um and we stopped talking or whatever and I was like all heart, all heartbroken, bro. I was writing in my journal every night, like reflecting and stuff. And then like a year or two later, like I read it and I was like, that's a different person. Like, mm. you know, and um, it's just crazy. The places your your mind can, can take you, especially when you're so consumed with something. But 
that like taught me so much about myself because at that time I feel like I was inauthentic with myself. Um, and I was searching for contentment or, or happiness within that, but I didn't have contentment or happiness within me. So it, it was, it was a blessing in the long run. And, and now like I can look back and, and laugh at it, you know? Um, but at the time it seemed like the most serious thing in the world. I love that, man. Like seeking for purpose outside of yourself is always going to be, um, misleading, um, especially seeking for purpose in that fucking partner like that. Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't think partners should complete you. I don't, I don't think that they should make you happy. I think I think you guys should just be a badass team. Like, Grow together. Yeah. Like just be a fucking badass team. But that means it's like it's like Kobe and Shaq. You know, that that's who I want my next wife to be i want kobe well, i don't Saul, bro. Well, i want to like repeat what i said I don't, next wife i haven't had a wife before Damn, man. i have not <laughs> but what did you say right now i said i want kobe and pal gasol okay okay <laughs> it was a lot more of finesse at that point i like i like a little bit more of like the, the chip the on the shoulder yeah. we right. got fucking shit to handle in this house that the alley-oops are more in, in, emphatic <laughs> there, there's still some uh there's still some magic Brewing in the now, air. I know what you're saying though. They're both like complete stars. They're both yeah. superstars. And and okay. in their own ways. I'm patting myself on the back, but I, I do feel I do feel that way. You know, I do feel that way. You should. Everyone should. Yeah, because we, we are made out of the same stuff that the sea, uh the mountains, uh the air, like dude. At our core we're all the same. Yes. hundred uh, percent. And once you're able to see that, I think that opens up a whole another level of love and compassion, just connectedness with, with everyone and everything. Connectedness is the key word and understanding that because I'm connected to you, I'm going to do what I can to make sure that I don't hurt you, violate you, destroy you. And, you know, these are all things that, that I have, unfortunately, like kind of like learned or I was learning through my past relationship and, you know, like just to be like completely transparent, you know, there, I did cause a lot of damage and pain and trauma onto her. Um, and it wasn't because I was like planning it, you know, like there's dudes that literally calculate this shit. Yeah. I'm going to fucking destroy her because she's a bitch and all this fucking shit. And even though they might be completely wrong or completely maybe justifiable, but it's like, I'm going to I'm definitely going to give myself the time to to just operate boundaryless within. Obviously, I'm going to respect other human beings boundaries, but I'm operating out of a place where I don't have many. You know, it's just like I'm just fucking I'm doing everything I want, however I want, whenever I want, as much as possible. But at the same time, like I said, like respecting humanity. You know, like just because I, I feel free doesn't mean that I'm going to impose my free will upon somebody else that's not willing to. Yeah, your actions are going to be considered of the whole, not just of the individual, because you see the connectedness and you see exactly. that if I hurt this person, this is also affecting me because we're all part of the same thing. In some way, it's going to come back to you kind of like 
what what you give, you get. It might not come in the exact same way. Like I give you five bucks, I'm gonna get five bucks back. But I truly believe like what you put out is is what comes back to you in so many ways. Oh, facts, facts, bro. You know who was the first person that taught me that was my uh, shout out, Mister Lepelis. It was a Jewish teacher in my high school. I met him. Did first. you have him on your podcast? Not yet, but I would love to, man. I don't know how I might reach out to him, but you know, I never thought about putting him on the podcast until right now. But uh, it would be very interesting, man. It would be really interesting to to have like this dude from a whole different generation that hasn't seen me since I was probably like a fifteen year old boy, and and probably see me today. Like, dude, like I was never a gifted writer or anything like that. You know how there was always the kids that were like fucking brilliant, and now he can hear you speak and just hear your vocab and be like, damn, right. And and, and I think he'd be most happy to know that I'm a published author. Yeah. Because he was an English teacher. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that he told me was like, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, Jesus, you know, I really want to, I want to tell you something. I want to share something with you. And he's like, he's like, in my culture, um, everything that we give gets returned by a couple times or by 10 or whatever. And I was like a little 14, 15 year old. And I was like, Wow. And I had, like, an issue before high school of, like, stealing things. Like, I just I just wanted to steal things because, like, I was broke. And I was like, well, how else am I going to... How else am I going to get this PSP? <laughs> <laughs> Unless I fucking steal it. And, and it was true. But that lesson taught me, bro, that I was never going to be able to move forward in my life with acquiring my own things without getting that shit stolen. Because, I, dude, my bikes... I swear to God, would always get jacked. <laughs> always. Didn't matter what bike I had, where I had it. The, that shit could be in my house and somehow it got jacked. So when he gave me that lesson about like what you put out comes back to you, pretty much at its most basic level, like karma. But yeah. even, even karma is like more expensive than that and more complicated than that. But at its most basic level, it's that. I really started like really living in that way, you know, where it was just like, I, you know, and it was the beginning, I think, looking back, I mean, there's a lot of moments in life, right, where you look at it and you're like, yeah, I was healing here, I got pain here, I was healing here, I got pain here, you know, but I think that was one of those like really instrumental times in my life where I was just like, I want to stop doing thievery. Like, for real, yeah. stop doing thievery because I don't like my shit getting jacked anymore. <laughs> very practical application yeah. of that kind of very, like, spiritual uh, teaching. And 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 I did it. I did it again, bro. I did it again in, in college. I did it again in college. And 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 those energies caught up to me. Um, what did I do? Ah, yes. I'll, I'll say this on the podcast. Said, ah, yes. <laughs> I was uh I was basically like sneaking into the cafeteria, you know, because uh, I was trying to save some money, and again because I was broke, right? Like human beings, we always find these ways to justify our actions. So I was trying to save a couple thousand dollars, and so I I found out a way that I could just sneak into the cafeteria and get food. Dude, I had this iPad, bro. That shit costed probably about two thousand racks. This is this is how I knew that God was really in the picture or a higher force. The amount of money that I would have spent for all those meal plans was about the same price of the iPad. 
Wow. So, dude, and I swear to God, it was it like the last day of school. And I'm walking down the stairs. And my iPad was also in a cover. You know, one of those protecting covers. Dude, someone or something pushed it out of my hands, bro. Like, it, it, didn't, I, it didn't just slip. It's like someone pushed it. There's no one behind me. But it slipped. Like, a, there was a force. The iPad literally just fucking just cracked like crazy. And then I was like, whoa, dude. I just literally just paid for everything that I've been doing all semester. And that was the last time that I ever really tried to get away with, like, stealing. Was that, like, on your mind? Do you feel like that was on your mind or living, like, within you? That, that like, like, maybe at the back of your mind or some part of your consciousness was like... I'm still in right now, like, or or at the time where you like probably, yeah, yeah. That, that's so crazy how that works, though, because it. Uh, this this isn't super directly connected with that, but the other day I've been reading this book. It's called the Master Key System. I recommend Sounds it. Sick. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy <laughs> it. Master Key. Um, it's system. basically I think it was made in like the 50s or 60s, um, or written back then, and it's 24 lessons, and you're nice. supposed to do like one lesson a week. And it's basically talking about law of attraction and all of those things. So I've been like learning about that, talking about like the conscious mind, the subconscious, universal mind. Um, it's it's awesome. Sheesh. And, and uh, but the other day, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was like shitting all over uh, um, Master Keystone's. Um, dang, I'm blanking on the. Wait, he was shitting on the book? No, he wasn't shitting on the book. He was shitting on. Um, Law of attraction. He was shitting on on that, and but th- through a practical way, though, right? Yeah, kind uh, of. But I, I want to hear yeah, the story. I want to hear. It's yeah. My bad. Um. So, you know, he was doing it in a practical way. Like I didn't take it personally or anything. But I was like, oh, like that's interesting. I was like, I was just kind of laughing. I was like, here's me over here, like deep into this, you know. Mm. And but what was crazy is no joke. Probably like five minutes later, my homie had called me like two times. And for whatever reason, I hadn't answered like in the past weeks. And I, I just had lagged it and calling him back. And then it was on my mind right there. I was like, dang, I need to call him. I need to call him. So I legit picked up my phone. And as I pick up my phone, his name pops up on my phone screen mm. and he's calling me that minute. <laughs> and then I'm like, what in the world? And so I just answered and I tell him, I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. I was, I was literally like just past like three minutes. I was just thinking like, I need to call you because I, I hadn't called you back. And he's like, yeah, whatever. You're lying, bro. Like whatever. But that was, that was an interesting moment for me. I was like, mm. it just kind of confirmed a little bit for me because I've had that happen before. I don't know if you ever had that happen. We're thinking of someone and then all of a sudden they shoot you a text or a call. Some people call it coincidence. I think there's more to it. Um, yeah, I I think I Joe Rogan has never really stood out to me as like a spiritual person. Yeah, he's definitely like a psychonaut and 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 deeply like interpersonal and fucking brilliant in so many different ways. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, but I don't. I I I I think his own like skepticism has like detached him from like the more like just kind of allowing yourself to to feel feel. Feel the possibility, but I yeah. think it's also due to the fact that like he has like a world world known show. He wants to attract like geniuses that will demolish 
you know, through facts that these things do not exist, right? So I think, like, he's doing his thing as well. Personally, like, I'm pretty sure maybe somehow, maybe he does believe in some of these things, but he kind of keeps it on the hush. But... Yeah, I think it also depends on the guests, too, a little bit. You open it more, right, and be more with it. Like, Elon, he wasn't going ham on the alien talk. Like, like you know, like, usually if people deny aliens or something, he'll push back a little bit. But this is Elon Musk. You're going to push back in Elon yeah. Musk, like, one of the smartest people on the planet. He's like, now nah, I'm good. Let's just have yeah. a good time. But, yeah, bro, like, this, this, this. I was first um, introduced to the idea of the law of attraction when I was 18 years old. And at that point in time, I was like really trying to like play college football. You know, that was my, that was my, that was my baby, you know, like football from ages like 12 to about 18, 19 was like everything I loved, you know, nothing else fucking mattered. So after high school, you know, this is like, I'm at my peak of like football passion, not skill, but passion. So I'm like, dude, I really, really want this. I really, really, really want to fucking play college football. And so, dude, my my imagination, right, was lit as far as imagining myself in a in a college uniform and playing college football. And through a lot of struggle, through a lot of sacrifice, literally, fucking, I walked down out to a community college football team. So. You know, from there on, like, I kept imagining it. I kept imagining it. And it was just like, dude, I got to be able to do it. And again, through fucking, it wasn't coincidence. It was like, it was really like the, the universe conspiring with me to to bring that, which I was imagining, to life. Of course, I put in the work. Yeah, and you were aware of the doors that were opening and those things. Like, you I have was, to take advantage I of I was those. consciously walking into those doors yes. purposely. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And and little by little, I got to those points. So just to kind of make the, the, the point shorter, like, I do believe in the power of attraction. And right now, I'm attracting, you know, the book thing, like the just just like impact, bro. Like, there's a couple guys that, I, that are really inspiring on social media to me. Uh, 19 Keys, Ben X. Um, and 19 keys in particular, like 19 keys himself, you know, considers him, considers himself to be like a, a world thought leader. And I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I do think that he adds a lot of value to my life and he adds a lot of value to my life because he's kind of like the, he's kind of like the person that I want to be in a sense where it's like, I combine the metaphysical with the physical where it's kind of like. I, I love what would you say is a metaphysical for people who like may not know what metaphysical is it's the spiritual realm okay that's what you know like god you know the chakra system the um i've never really been been big into like astrology um but i think it has its place as well um not particularly in my life although i have like looked into it a little bit more in depth dude with one of my students because like uh, one of my students, like they were like, "Hey, Mister, like we don't have we don't have a um, we don't have an adult for this for this club. I really want you to you know come in here and, and just be the adult for us. You know, I think you you'd be a great leader for us." And I was just like, "I got you, I got you." So what I do is like I allow them to do like presentations of the things that they love the most. And this girl, brilliant, bro, amazing. I love her so much. She's just super smart. I gave her she she wanted to do astrology. Dude, she was just going straight off the top of her head. Wow. You know, like, fucking. You know she's investing in passion. She knows her shit. Yeah. She knows her shit. She's also one of my AP Gov kids, so, you know, they're smart. Um, 
Well, anyways, man, like she got me looking into this stuff and I was just like, hey, man, some of this is kind of cool. Right. But the point is, like the spiritual realm is that which we cannot see, but you feel intensely. You feel and you, you know, it's not something intellectually that you can put to words necessarily. But like you said, it's a feeling. And that's I think that's the part that people have trouble, because if you're not feeling it, you're like, what the hell are you talking about, bro? But. When you have that connection and you, and you realize it in yourself and you realize it, see it in others and in the world outside of you, then it's the game changer. And you make a great point with that. You see it in life. So it's not just this fucking fairy tale thing. We see it manifest itself into real life, which is why I said we merge these gaps between that realm and this realm. This is kind of crazy talk or whatever, <laughs> but but 19 Keys can do that and that's why i'm like okay this motherfucker is a millionaire he's a leader he's empowering he's impacting and i'm like yo i'm gonna do the same thing where i'm gonna put impact over money money's important in my life but impact is 10 times more important yeah so the philosophy is that that ben x and 19 keys taught me is like the more you impact the more you service people the more your money will also grow. And so we apply this to like a metaphysical uh, form of thinking. It's all energy, right? Like currency is energy. Like what we're doing right now is energy and and nobody's paying us for this. But whoever is listening to this, this is going to fucking elevate them, bro. This is going to elevate them so much that they're going to be like, dude, I fuck with these guys. I fuck with them so much that... I'm going to invest my time into them. Dude, what's more valuable than your time? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Now now is all we have. <laughs> yes, bro. Now this is, is my life. My life is is more worth than any property, any Bitcoin, any Ethereum. Like and and the fact that I'm spending this life with you is like this is this is what I want to do. This is what makes me feel human. This is what makes me feel alive. This is what makes me feel connected. That's 100% true. And just to add on to that, like when you're talking about our power and stuff, um, going back to that book I'm reading, it talks about like, so how, how do we express power? Our power as humans, what is our power? Our power is to think. Because before we take any action, before we say anything, it always first forms as a thought, even if it's a subconscious thought that comes and we don't catch, but it all starts as a thought. So he kind of talks about, okay, well, what thoughts are you empowering and giving power to? Um, for example, if you're letting fear and doubt and you're, you're powering those and you're feeding those, those thoughts, and that's going to manifest into your actions. And into your perception of everything. If you're feeding those thoughts of abundance, of love, of care, of kindness, of, of all those of, of all those things that you want, then that's what you're gonna see eventually. And one of the biggest things he talks about is also trust. So like some of us we might feel inspired one day and we might feed those thoughts one day and then we realize, oh shit, we have to put in work too. Mm-hmm. Or oh this isn't gonna happen when I want it. So you kind of have to trust that it's going to unfold exactly how it's supposed to. And some people might say, oh, that's woo-woo or, or whatever. <laughs> but when you do it and you start to see doors opening for you, then you're like, oh, wow, there's real power to that. So 
he he talks about the mind as the gatekeeper. So our conscious mind is our gatekeeper. And what does a gatekeeper do? He chooses who you let in and who and who you don't let in. And in our case, we're the gatekeeper of our minds. But so often, going back to earlier, we're distracted and we're not fully gatekeeping our minds. So um, whatever we're, you know, sometimes we're just like you were saying earlier, when you're just walking with your head down, you're kind of mindless. You're not even though, like, you talk about little kids, they're walking and they're enjoying the surroundings. They're mindful, right? They're mindful. But so often we're not. And when we're not mindful, that means anything can slip past that gatekeeper. And it goes back to friendship, too, because your circle really matters. The people you interact with really matter. They're, your family members, the quality of conversations, they all really matter because that's feeding your mental home. What are you allowing to live in your mental home? Like, it's not to say that negativity and those things don't pop up. We're human. Those things pop up. But what what thoughts do we choose to really accept? Because when we because what we can do is we can notice those thoughts arise. Oh, like I could have I could have noticed like let's say a thought came up today. Because uh, I, I, I had a long day a little bit. I was I felt rested all day like because I was a little bit behind in planning and I was just kind of putting some things together. So I felt like I didn't even catch a breath, you know. So I could have just, I thought could have appeared, uh, you know, you're tired. Let's just try to reschedule it. But that thought appeared. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to feed that. And then you hit me with the text. I was like, hell yeah, let, let's pod, you know. And so I think when we're really mindful, it gives us even more power because now we feed our subconscious. So just to go on the subconscious a little bit. So we have our conscious mind and that's where we're allowing thoughts in or choosing to not allow those thoughts in. It could be thoughts about ourselves, thoughts about what we want, thoughts about what will happen or whatever it may be. But when um, we do accept those thoughts, he talks about the subconscious um, works on those, puts those into flesh. So just like how we said everything is one, everything is connected. So once you put that in, if everything is one and, and connected, that, that means we all have the same power. Right. Because we're all one of the same whole, mm. if that makes sense. So um, then like that will manifest into into realities, as he as he would put it. And this might be going a little crazy, but what, I guess what I'm trying to say is what you accept and digest is going to manifest out in, in some way, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of the idea of like you accept the love that you deserve. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> if 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 I if I think I am who I am and you are who you are then why should I allow um a certain entity person thing or whatever into my life if they don't really match that energy, that intellectual capacity or I would even appreciate if they there were more Right. So that I could be able to gather and learn from that. Um, not the best quality. So what ends up happening is that, you know, um, people tell me that I do. You got to you gotta do it with your audio. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And it's fucking been two years and I haven't done it. Right. So I'm slacking on it. So I'm thinking about the I need a laptop like you, bro. So I can be able to fucking be very portable. With these sounds. Yeah, right? look how poor we could go anywhere. It's anywhere. Easy. Anywhere. And then I'll just set up my camera, right? And like we were talking about earlier, all you got to do is like 
you put the visual and then the audio right below it and bam you just got yourself a fucking better podcast yeah make it happen i've been wanting you to put it on uh apple or or spotify or something dude if you got 400 subscribers on on youtube you're gonna get a lot of listens on that because that's where most people listen to uh, podcasts. Spotify. Because on the go, they listen in their cars. I mean, you could do it on, you know, you can plug in, you can like hit a YouTube video and play it in your car, or your headphones. But you know, people like to close their app and check their text messages. And whenever you do that on YouTube, I don't know why YouTube hasn't figured this out that they should still play the video even when you like close the app or like move that move out of the app, you know. But um, I think just we're we're such we we need conveniency humans i think like everything has to be convenient for us or people just won't do it you know what i mean right no no facts bro facts and yeah man i i gotta i gotta think i gotta really think about like what i'm gonna do next and i've been thinking about it deeply already and and really i mean i've been thinking about just getting like the the mixer and the mics yeah you know and just but i just a worthy investment it's a worthy investment i mean you've already been at it for two years so it's not like you're at a point it's not like you're just starting you're like well i don't want to invest it in i don't want to invest in this because i might not see it through like you know you're gonna see it through so i think it's well worth it you make a very compelling point do it (laughs) hey but let's get into your book man yeah please do man please do all right this foo seven lessons for i can't roll my r's (laughs) so you can go ahead and say it (laughs) burros burros and bag chasers yeah hey wait wait isn't 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 your girl uh latina yeah. The, does she ever like try to give you like like Spanish lessons and stuff? She gave up on that a long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I, I, at the family parties, her grandma only speaks Spanish. Yeah. We have the same. We've been having the same conversation for like seven years. Hola, cómo estás? Yeah. Cómo está? And then oh, and then I'll tell her oh, bien, bien, y tú? And <laughs> or like I saw her. She had her thirtieth birthday party, and I saw her, and I was like, oh, muy bonita. Uh, so hopefully that was that was uh. I know there's like proper and improper. That's perfect. All right, well, that sounds perfect, good. Because you're bringing her back to a youthful age. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the book. No. Oh yeah, yeah. So about the book. First, I I never asked you about this. Where did the nickname J Flow come in? You chose to put your nickname on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. As your author. So why'd you do that? And um, where did the nickname come from? Dang, great question. So J Flow simply is J for Jesus, and and Flow is um for flores but basically flores in english is like flower you oh, know okay like, so when i put j and flower together it's like j flow and honestly it has a really cool flow to it you know so it does you know i, I can't flow like rap wise i was wondering i, I, was like, I wish hmm. dude i'd fucking go in right now but <laughs> but like i do have a flow with life though that's what I was thinking right now. Like, I do. Just straight up, like J flow. Like I do flow and I and I read what I sow. Oh, you oh. can't flow. Already. I know, I know. I'll no, go. but but yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty much what it is, you know. And um we live in a we live in a country, you know, where pre- predominantly like English is spoken. So, you know, like, obviously, like, much respects to, to all my roots and and, and, and all those um, dialects and, and languages that 
that are behind me. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like I, I pretty much did grow up in, in an environment where all my homies called me Jesus. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I never really, I never really bat an eye at it. Like, I know there's a lot of Latinos out there, Chicanos and uh, whatever they want to call themselves, um, that are like, do not, you know, call me Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. No, no problem. But like, literally, bro, all my homies have been calling me like Jesus or, or any other nickname that I've had in the past. So for me to just kind of say like J Flow, it's like nah, it's cool. Like I, I've, I'm cool with it. Like, in fact, bro, I remember I was I had a philosophy class where the philosophy teacher and myself, uh, when I was 18 years old and 19 years old, at Elac, he was just like, your name is not. He he used to speak like, your name is not Jesus. It's Jesus. And I was like, man, what the fuck is wrong with it? Like, it's I'm cool with it. <laughs> But, and then there was a point in my life where I was just like, all right, fine. You know, people ask me their names. And I also went to, like, a fucking Catholic university. So, it was like, people felt offended by calling me Jesus. So, they'd be like, then they do the effort to just be like, hey, Zeus. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'd rather someone just say Jesus. Like, what's up, Jesus? You know? Instead of, like, being like, hey, Zeus. Hey, like, yeah, that's an honor. Call yeah. you Jesus. But that's that's where that that comes okay from. hey so i saw so one thing that was interesting and i thought was pretty cool is you co-authored this book so yes, you sir. and your boy sgn mm-hmm. co-authored it how is that like collaborating on a book mm. what's the what's the process of collaborating yeah. for a book it's powerful man it's it's truly a work of art it's truly uh, an empowering factor it's truly a motivating factor um because you you have a team and like i could i could rock shit by myself just like this podcast, but at the same time, having a teammate is fucking great because you can bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. And and my my friend uh, Scholar Gaming Nerd, he's uh he's fucking brilliant, bro. He's always been fucking super creative. Like he's definitely more he produces more ideas than I do. And so you know to be able to create this book, like dude, like I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, I'm shocked. I'm fucking shocked that it it, it 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 looks fucking sick. Yeah, it looks dope, dude. Like I I, I it, describe 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 the cover for people since I don't got the the video. Yeah, on right, right, right. So uh, there's big uh, big letters. Uh, you see this fool in a kind of like rugged style, right? Because you you will never see a fancy fool. <laughs> although, hold on now, hold on. If you flip the if you flip the book. The fool oh. turns into a entrepreneur. Yeah, so tell me about the fool. So in in uh in the front. Yeah, so I mean, if I'm gonna describe it, yeah, the, it's a, my bad, a, bur- bur- a burro. Yeah, my. Bad. You could just say donkey. Okay, cool, donkey. Yeah, thanks for making that easier for me. <laughs> I'm like I'm like one of those white teachers, bro. <laughs> like I'm one of those. White uh, like uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, no, no. I liked it because in the front, you have the donkey. He's all blinged out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's real to his culture in a sense, right? Big facts. And then in the back, you see him, as we were talking about earlier, code switching. Because you do got to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I really like that. And one thing is, it's like super appealing visually. Like, if I saw this in a bookstore, I'd be like, oh, what's this? And this food, like, 
uh, this is that's just something that that I would say with the homies is right. Ah, uh, this food. <laughs> yes, you, yes. You know, you know what I, you know what I love about food in general is that it's not like it's not really racial. It's not. You know how like the black black community have they have the n word and it's like, I mean. You could probably use it around certain black people if they're like super cool and you guys have been together forever. No, I could never use it. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah right, 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 right. There are some people that wouldn't care. Yeah. yeah, it's just it is what it is, right? And obviously, I'm not going to get into it and be like, yeah, Yo, you need to use it. No, but what I'm saying is that fool is cool as fuck. Like, it's not racial. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not being disrespectful by using the word fool. No. Nope. So for us to just be able to utilize it because it is so common in like Chicano culture and LA culture and just culture all over the place, it's like, dude, well, when you say this fool, you're invoking immediately the streets. You're you're invoking like the the spiritual economic element of the streets, which is like. You you instantly recall that moment when you were like twelve years old, fourteen years old. You're walking the streets and there's someone across the from you, and you're like, "Yo, hey, what's up, fool?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and 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 it's like, "Yo, man, like I wrote this, we wrote this for for the community, man." And I, I'm I'm well aware that a lot of people don't like to fucking read, and that's fine. But there, we strongly encourage it. Start reading. <laughs> yeah, fucking start and start with this food. <laughs> Perfect. So there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of people out there, bro, that that have never read a book, bro, or that have never bought a book. They might have read a book somewhere in high school or middle school or elementary because they were forced to. But these people are coming up to me, bro, and they're telling me like, "Hey, bro, hey, this is the first book I've ever bought." And I'm just like, serio? Like, damn, wow, guys! Like, you can relate to that feeling because we're 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 educators, bro. So we we know the kids that we're working with. Like, yeah, it's 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 like you can see the you can see the internalized self destruction by thinking it's cool not to be educated, right? Yeah, and, yep. and it's fucked up, man. Like no, why do you think that? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we exactly? Know? Exactly, which is why SGN and me collaborating to create this was such a powerful thing because, you know, he comes from you know Mid City LA, and you know also El Salvador. You know, like he's literally like came to this country as like a seven eight year old Salvadorian um, fucking immigrant. So it's like yo, like he's coming. He's coming from a whole fucking like whole different world yeah into our world and 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 so we're very lucky man we're very blessed to have had the life that we have had where like i i know i know the life i know not all of it obviously like there's a lot of fucking gang banging shit street shit like prison shit i've never lived through but i've been around enough of a lot of that energy to have been impacted by it so for me to have been impacted not only by the community in the streets, but to have been impacted by like the university halls. It's like, I have a, I have a genuine and unique perspective about the world and we put it into a book, man. So 
it's it's had a lot of a lot of uh, positive impact in the community and fuck man i all i can say is like thank you thank you god man for 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 giving me the will the power the strength and the creativity to to put it into um a little nutshell for people to really be able to intake and just one book like you talked about people who had have never bought a book but they but then they just bought this book Literally, all it takes is that one book that you read that just opens, going back to opening the door, just opens the door for you. And you're like, oh, wait, reading is the shit. Like, oh, wait, I can educate myself on anything I want. The sky's the limit. I could have any any person that writes a book, they can be my mentor. Because that's what books really are. It's you're, you're, You and SGN are mentoring people in a way that are reading this. You're, you're sharing your heart, your passion, and... Th- like me personally, I, I get fired up about reading because reading has changed my life. Mm. You know, um, I'm, I've always been a strong reader. Like my mom put me on hooked on phonics when I was little, <laughs> you know, and, and like, <laughs> like I was the youngest. So by the time, by the time, you know, your parents raised everyone and they're like, okay, I got shit right now for the youngest mm. one. So anyway, like I got invested into reading when I was young. Um, and once middle school hit and high school hit, school kind of took my joy of reading because like you said, you're reading stuff you you Mm. don't love. You don't care about. You're not passionate about. You don't have a lot of choice in it. They tell you you're supposed to appreciate Romeo and Juliet for whatever reason, Mm. which you can't appreciate. I'm not saying it's bad to appreciate it. No, it's it's legit. Shakespeare's legit. It's cool. I I enjoyed it. But I'm all, at the same time also like for kids that who are you never talking read, to, right? Yeah, exactly. Your yeah. audience matters, and, and, and it, it, that's where the hypocrisy of education comes into play because it's like, yo, we're really trying to start off these ninth grade fools into this world of education and reading. It's like, why the fuck am I gonna start with some fucking English? When the fuck did Shakespeare live in the what, what year? I should know this because I, <laughs> I teach it every year. Like. But. like like I don't know, fifteen hundreds or something. Yeah, a long time ago. Bro. Yeah, yeah, dude, we're we're starting off these these possibly no brilliant kids that don't fucking give a fuck about reading with Shakespeare in ninth grade when we need to be starting them with this, like this fool. Yeah, like yeah, I, not Shakespearean English where they can barely translate. Where they hate yeah. it. Yeah, and you're like, what? Who what cares about this shit? Yeah. Maybe throw it. I would say, I would say it has like I'm down for Shakespeare. I'm down. I'm 100 down for Shakespeare for a hundred different reasons. But put it maybe at the end of freshman year, once you've introduced them to some Mike, just something that applies to them. Yeah, that they can connect with. Yes, yeah. utilize literature that applies to them, and then once they're hooked on literature because it applies to them, then you could be like, "All right, look, young lads, English is very expensive, and we, I want to teach you everything about English. We're gonna step it up now. So before you graduate from my course, I want to make sure that you understand like one of the most influential English writers of all time." Yeah, because it is true. Like Shakespeare, his stories have influenced. They're like the foundation of a lot of movies, a lot mm-hmm. of stories that we still read today. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. Yes, sir. But like you said, like before you can get to that level, we have to get to the level where they simply appreciate the art of reading, mm-hmm. the art of gaining knowledge for themselves, of making their own connections with what they're reading. Because that's what you're really doing when you're reading. Like what stands out to you is you connect something to your life experience or to a question that you might have been pondering and 
that you didn't even know you were pondering until you read this and you're like, oh, what? And then also as far as like, so there's nonfiction and fiction. Like when you're reading, when you're reading fiction, I think it's cool because you put yourself in so many other people's shoes. Just like podcasting, we have conversations with different people. If, if you're reading, for example, Harry Potter, you have these different characters that represent different type of people in society and different struggles, and it could make you more empathetic and, and compassionate. Um, big facts, big facts. But I want let's get into your book a little bit. So I, I kind of highlighted the sections that, that you wrote. So we have Embrace the Trauma, Know When to Take the L, <laughs> Do It for the People, Stay Youthful, Find your island, follow your heart, pursue your freedom. And by the way, all of these just exude out of you just when you talk a normal <laughs> conversation, you know, so you know it's true to your core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no doubt. so did, did you just write one of these at a time or, or how did you get into uh, 100%, this? 100%, bro. I mean, it, it's like, um, you know, SGN and I got, got together one night and we were like, hey, bro, because before we got together on this night, we were just fucking writing like personal like essays on different topics. And they were good. So I have like writing that is not in that book that's fucking really good. That's just sitting somewhere in my computer, maybe possibly waiting for another book or something. But I mean, it's like you're 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 an English guy, so I'm pretty sure you have quite an amount of writing yourself that's just sitting there, you know, collecting cosmic dust. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yo, man, like either you create a medium or a blog post or whatever, man, but. But we really need to, like, put our shit out there because you never know. You never know what it could cause, what type of rippling, positive, beautiful effects we can, you know, produce into the universe. But, uh, yeah, man, we sat down and we were like, dude, what is true to ourselves? You know, what lessons have we um, really um, engaged with? And, you know, these seven lessons were integral parts to my being. Like you said, you know, I am who I am. And clearly those things stand out. But, yeah, we, we sat down and we're like these seven lessons are the seven lessons that we're going to write. And once I had the skeleton, which again, my homie helped me get to those lessons. Right. Cause I'm more crazy. Like I'm just fucking everywhere. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> so he, so he helped me like have like a fucking place to go into. And once I had like my lesson, I was like, I took it one by one. <clears throat> Let's say a month. I was on one lesson. Maybe, maybe every month, let's say I was getting one, two or three lessons in, right? Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It's only seven lessons. Pretty simple to do. Boom. And then the rest of the time was like fucking the editing and like the finding the cover and doing the art. All that thing. Yeah. yeah. So what, is there any lesson that like really like stands out to you? I'm, I know they all mean a lot to you. And I think a little on your podcast, we talked a little bit about embracing the trauma, um, knowing when to take the L. Like when I just like looking at the titles, like I could we could talk like like seven hours just going on each one, you know. Sure. I mean, just briefly because I've spoken about the other yeah. ones. I, I, briefly because I've spoken about the other ones. Uh, I think I would, I'm going to go in right now on like do it for the people. I mean, I love that one. You, it's, it's crazy because I was thinking that one really stood out to me and. I don't know. Generosity is, is so big, but go on. My bad. Yeah, you're right. Generosity is underrated, underrated. Like Mr. Lapellis taught us or taught me when I'm sharing with you. It's like what you do onto society, it's done onto you. Um, not because you're expecting it, but because maybe that's how the universe works. There's things that 
shit, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Like I'm not gonna pretend like I know all the laws of the universe. There's more shit than humans can understand. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. It simplifies it. Do good unto humanity and humanity will do good unto you. And so when I think about servicing the people and doing for the people, it's like I, I've always I've always genuinely cared about society. I've always genuinely cared about humanity. And so I was also deeply influenced by like a lot of like like leftist leaders um, and their ideologies. Now, I'm not talking about when they started fucking killing people and imprisoning people and all this fucking shit, you know, but like like like, OK, I always it's like it's like kind of like accepting separating the art from the artist. That's who that's who Che Guevara was. That's who um, Fidel Castro was. Like all these people, like they're as murderous as they were powerful and creative and beautiful. You know, so Che Guevara used to talk about having revolutionary love for your people, and and that's the reason why I wrote that 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 chapter about doing for the people because it's like I I do have like this revolutionary love, just. I, I like to coin it at that because it's abstract, but not too abstract. It's not it's not metaphysical. It's very physical. Like my love for my people is physical as fuck because that's why I got into teaching. You know, that's why I got into writing my book. Like all of this is because like I love your dumb ass so much that I, I want to give you something so that you can surpass me in knowledge, so that you can surpass me in financial literacy and and as, acquisition of assets. But but why? It's not so that you go. It's not so that you die a rich man or woman. It's so that you die impacting. Right? Like we're trying to create a we're trying to create a sector of society that's impactful and empowering to our people uh, not no, just the people right now but future people kind of like you're indicating that you want to give beyond just your generation exactly that's how shakespeare did it yeah he, he really did he wrote hella books and set the groundwork and we're talking about him right now isn't that insane so who the fuck knows if i'm gonna be talked about a couple hundred years from now who yeah. the fuck knows? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I will, or I'm not trying to like be overly narcissistic. That's not the point. The point is, is that when you create out of love, that love itself is a legacy in the physical realm. And if, if again the revolutionary love matters, we're trying to live a footprint or something that helps people live better lives. Beautiful. And and the thing I, I love about gratitude or not gratitude, I'm sorry, about giving is when most time when people think of giving, they think of just giving money. But there's so much that you can give that isn't money. Like what I view as giving is giving a part of yourself to the world, putting yourself out there to the world like you're putting out your gifts. Right. You, you're extremely passionate about these topics. Um, you're just a passionate and lively person. So you put that out in your podcast, you put this out in your book and it resonates with people. And for some people, what they might give out, they might give out their art, right? So you may never see that person, but they might have that art piece that inspires you or that brings you joy. For some people, it might be their athletic ability. For some people, it might be they're just a great listener and you enjoy being around them. They might not even have to say much for them to give. And then of course there is giving where you're giving people money and all of those things and, and helping the less fortunate when you can. So I, I really like the idea of doing it for the people because if you're just doing it for yourself, 
I don't see how there's like a lot of satisfaction in that. Mm-hmm. And, and especially in the long run, like, like it, like it is good to do stuff for yourself. Of course, like to try, if, if it's in the case of trying to be your best self, like I'm doing this, like, okay, I need to stay away from this group cause they're not helping me to be my best self. That, that's different. But when you do it for other people and like one, it, it makes just a feeling of giving just feels great. I read this book, uh, it's called loving kindness. And it was about loving kindness meditation. And she also talks about giving. And one of the things she said is, and this stood out to me and I started doing this, um, was when you, uh, like we all have that instinct. Like, for example, there's a a homeless person um, and he may be uh, asking for money, right? And then you look in your wallet, you have that $10 bill and you have that $1 bill. And then maybe part of you is like, okay, I should give him this 10 but then some other part of you overrides for whatever reason and you're like, nah, I'm gonna give him this one dollar. And you end up spending that ten dollars on chips or, or whatever, you know, something you don't necessarily need. So what she recommended is that first instinct of giving, follow that no matter what. So um if you just have an instinct that I should give to this person, then just do it because you're not gonna regret it. Of course, don't give out of your means where you're going to be like hurting yourself. Right. So that's something that that I've been doing. And then also like when I'm giving to these people, um, I'm not saying like I'm going on the weekends, like looking for people when opportunity arises, you know, Um, because obviously California or many states doesn't have a lack of homeless people, you know. Um, So when when that happens, like I also try to make an effort now of also giving my attention, like how often are these people viewed as human beings how often are they like looked in the eye when you're giving them money and you're seeing them as a person not as like that's a homeless person no that's a human being and they're in whatever situation they're in but just that 10 10 minutes like one time i did this to this guy like i gave him money and i I was looking him in the eyes like you know and i could tell like it just made him feel uncomfortable a little bit because you can tell that not a lot of people did it and then Mm. he just like felt uncomfortable but like i know like he felt like like i was just loving him you know i was just like man i was having empathy for a situation like fuck that sucks like i can't imagine that you know so like the least i could give is my attention and if i could also give give money at the same time that's awesome so um i don't know that's just kind of came to my mind when when i was going through that chapter and and that's the that's the beauty about art bro is that it, it you take it how it is you know like Someone um, this past weekend when I was at the art walk, there was this this wonderful woman um, named Chantel that was selling our really cool candles. And she came up to us and she bought two books and and she was like, yo, man, I'm the leader of one of the programs at Cal Poly. And, uh, you know, I want to get this book to 150 people. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's fucking sick. Wow. So she was like, I got to read through it first and see if it's any fucking good. So the next day she contacted me and she was all fucking excited. Like, dude, this is fucking dope. I, I relate to it, this and this. As a black woman, you know, like, even more love. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of the most underappreciated human beings on the planet. Um, To be able to show that sort of love to me is, like, astronomical. And so, you know, when she when she brought that up, I was just like, "Yo, man, like that's powerful. That that's amazing. I I, I really appreciate it." Um, and, and again, man, it just goes back to like if, if you're if you're sharing love, it's gonna come back right to you. Beautiful. That's amazing. That that story. So 
is that why you you guys are going to be speakers? Is that is that related to the no? Situation? But no, nah, I mean no. I mean, dude, um, it's not related because we we got connected to CSUN first through my homies homies and blessings on blessings. Oh yeah, it just starts building on each other, and then I and then I connected myself because one of my old students from Jordan Akba and Watts, he's the president of the department that same Hermanos Unidos in Santa Barbara. And so when he saw me post on my stories about me having a great time with the CSUN folks, he was like, he's like, and we want you to. So I was like, count me in, brother. You know, like, I'll be more than happy. So, dude, from if I get the opportunity to be able to speak in person to all those students at Cal Poly, dude, I'm going to flip. You know, I'm going to flip. And uh, I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait until I, I'm given the microphone and. I'm able to just stand on that stage and kind of walk through all the people and just get some high fives and be just like, I fucking love you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if we have an opportunity to get into someone's mind and spread positivity, God damn. Like, that's fucking, it's impactful. It's life. It's beautiful. Hey, going back to what we like, what we started with, like you said, you want to change the world. You want to change your community. You're doing it in all these ways, man. And I think just our conversation today might inspire someone else to, you know, to give to their to, to give to people and to give what they can offer to people, whatever that may be. And like you said, it's a trickle effect. And, uh, you know, like conversations like this always leave me feeling optimistic leave me feeling hopeful i got some goosebumps right now i'm not <laughs> even gonna lie just because uh, it, you know um a lot of times if you get stuck just looking at the news and media it can make you feel hopeless at times mm. like damn the world is shit you know but we're just looking th- through this this lens of negativity because that's what the news is a lot of times sometimes that's what our twitter feeds are and stuff depending on what nice. we make it but when you hear hear things like this and and feed your soul these kind of conversations it's a game changer man so um on that i i just want to thank you for for you know coming on the podcast um cop this foo seven lessons for burros and bag chasers sgn and jfo you can find it on amazon.com but um any last uh messages you have for my many many listeners <laughs> <laughs> hey man fucking be free um let, let's 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 be sovereign people you know get your get your real estate get your get your cryptocurrency um get your get your loving uh currency you know uh be rich be wealthy start being wealthy in your mind and your soul and then we'll we'll eventually be wealthy outside in 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 the in the physical realm uh, if you want to get to know me a little bit more, you can follow me on IG at jflow underscore 323. You can also give me a subscription on YouTube under Drippy Faucet Media, man. It was a pleasure to be here, man, to just share some vibes. And this is a good friend of mine. Uh, man, we, we connected a long time ago, man. And, and, and the educating struggle is a beautiful struggle. And I'm grateful, man, to to you know have this connection and be your friend and to be invited over and just to have a candid, genuine conversation about life. This is this is what it's all about. Thank you, bro, for inviting me. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Peace. <laughs>